Hello, this is your host, Donna Barr, and welcome to A Bazillion Ghost Stories. Does anybody really know a bazillion ghost stories? But then again, aren't all stories set in the past ghost stories? The new CQ LDS Latter-day Saints is so desperate that their skinny, callow, Elder boys are trying their shtick on people on the beach. After pretending to be nice and interested and that's something of a feat when everybody else is in shorts and t-shirts and they're wearing those uh, white shirts and ties and the pants and, you know, you're up here in basically a socialist state and um, you try to dress like corporate, they're not going to trust you. So here they are, desperate. They're trying to take it out on people on the beach. And uh, by the way, the witnesses, the Jehovah Witnesses, have left because they gave up. Uh, these kids come up to me, and it says Elder on their little nameplates, which uh, since women count experience, intelligence, knowledge based on how old you are, um, they're using a name tag on a boy that, my God, they look like their testicles have just dropped. Um, their voices have just begun to crack into what they're supposed to sound like. Uh, and them using those name tags is basically cultural appropriation. So Dan and I are walking up from the beach, and Dan doesn't get into it with anybody, but I'm there to keep assholes away from us. That's just how it happens. So these two come up. One's tall and skinny, the other one's slightly shorter. And uh, they always play good cop, bad cop. So you've got the nice one saying, can we interest you in the word of Jesus Christ? And I just said, we're atheists. Of course, they can't stop. Um, why did you decide to become atheists? Because we're not stupid. When did you decide to be atheists? None of your business. Dan told me, the taller one muttered, they'll find out. Now me, if I'd heard them, did your parents let someone terrorize you with those hell threats? That's child abuse. Have you reported them? Have they served jail time? Um, like I said, I didn't hear him say it, or I would have been answering him. Uh, if he'd kept it up, I would have demanded his church pay taxes, like any business. It would have quickly devolved into the good cop trying to keep the bad cop off me. I've done it before, and watching the helpless rage build in someone who formerly had the right to attack me is delicious. I happened at the time in Bremerton to be wearing long red fingernails for no other reason than that it was decorative. And as the good cop was trying to drag the furious bad cop away from me, he's a shorter guy, he looked like he played on a football team, he looked like he wanted to punch me, but the other guy is trying to get him away from me. I'm clicking my long red fingernails on the railing in front of the porch. In other words, I'm doing the whole whore of Babylon shtick. And, um... He squawked, we're going to send our women around to talk to you. And I says, really? Them and their funny underwear? Well, his friend drags him off at that point, And that's when I call their bishop and tell him his little attack squad was trying to scare the old ladies in our neighborhood. I wasn't old at the time, but they had been on people's porches, and it was not making the elderly people in their homes feeling secure. Now, there's a reason for my nickname up here. It's don't start with her. Dan says, I like to fight. No, no, I don't. 
but I will fucking finish it. Atheist means to leave me and mine alone. It's a lot quieter. I just found out that Eddie Izzard changed her name to Susie. And I can't think of a better name. I mean, what would you think if Eddie Izzard decided her name was a new name? I mean, how would you pick anything except Susie? You look at her up on that stage doing whatever the hell she's doing, and of course that's a Susie. I'm amazed nobody ever saw it before. You know, you've got executive transvestites, you've got all kinds of things that she has been through the years, but really, at base, that's Susie. It's a perfect, perfect label, a perfect name. So, anybody has heard that uh, Eddie Izzard is now named Susie, well, she kept one of the Zs. Speaking of names, we've got another named creature in here. It's Bear. It's Bob's sister, that cat that I told you that we adopted, the feral. And there would have been another cat, and I have since named her, even though I think I heard her getting killed, another sister called Billy. And both these cats uh, went through a hell of a life. But it just wasn't something we could take care of until now. And all the kittens have been fixed over next door, or they found homes or something. Anyway, things are things are on the way. But uh, hi, hi, uh... Bear, she, Bear just came over to get some scrunchies. Uh, these cats were well socialized, and they learned that if they got food, and I said, that's enough, you've had your food, um, they quit for the day. But uh, they're both pretty good cats, and the only problem we got with them is that uh, four or five in the morning, they decide to get the zoomies and go crazy all over the place. Other than that, they're really, really nice little putties. And I feel sorry that Billy got grabbed. Um, she was out there for two years, but at the last minute, something got her, and it would have been a native animal. Uh, when when we are living on native land and we're eating the native animal's food, they're going to have to eat something. So if you leave our domestic animals out, they figure it's something to eat. So anyway, two of the kittens uh, have grown up into nice, nice kitties. Yes, they do. And uh, I'm, I'm petting, petting Bear on the head right now. She's a little purr box. And, uh, anyway, they're, they're safe, Bear and Bob, and they are well-socialized cats, and they're easy to get along with, and we're getting used to the, uh, four o'clock in the morning zoomies and crazinesses, and so we got cats, and they're good kitties. I don't think I've done a lot of dream reports on here, but... I've told you I have these usually sorted, boring, stupid travel dreams and house-fixing dreams and architectural prediction dreams. But last night, geez, did it have to be this detailed? Did it have to be this complex and this clear? And I'm just glad I couldn't smell anything because, according to the dream, there was a poor little trance street girl that went missing. And then in the wall of the apartment next to ours which I'd never lived in this apartment before, and it was all very detailed, they found the body. And so uh, we were having to deal with the police, and the neighborhood was having to deal with the police, and it got worse and worse as the evening went on, but I could tell you where all the stairs were and what they were finding, and it was brilliantly real. And I'm thinking, th this has to be the most detailed, the most memorable, the most full-color dream I can have 
this subject matter. I don't have a clue what it means, and I don't want to see it again. I swear to God, this podcast, sometimes it's just a reaction to This Is How We Drink with uh, Christine and M. But uh, they were talking about maybe going out to Forks to take a look at the Twilight situation. They were doing coverage on uh, Port Townsend. And by the way, it's hilarious. You listen to people attempting to pronounce Oregon, and they're going to get it wrong because on the West Coast, the uh, indigenous languages have glottal stops. That's why something that looks like sequim is pronounced squim. And so it's not Oregon, and it's not Oregon, it's Oregon. You've got a glottal stop in the middle of it. Also, if you're going to insist on saying the name of my state, an awful lot of us, because South Carolinians were brought up here to work in the woods, put an R in there. That's from the East Coast, so I do say it Washington. So if you're so worried about how the folks south of us are being pronounced, um, do say Washington or Washington. You get a little bit of an R in there. We picked it up from the South Carolinians. It's a um, Skagit County thing, you know, up as you're heading toward Canada. Anyway, they were talking about going to Forks, and uh, I want to make sure that they don't get all scrambled up on the travel. First of all, yes, there is a ferry from Seattle. It takes about a half an hour, uh, and it gets you to Bainbridge. Now, you got a choice at that point. You can have brought your car over, or you can take something called the Straight Shot, which is a bus, runs twice a day, even on Sundays, both ways. Uh, all the way up to Port Townsend, and there are connections, um, actually, excuse me, sorry, take that back, it runs to uh, Port Angeles, but there are connections you can make, like at Four Corners or at Squim, to go up to Port Townsend, and Port Townsend's really a walking town, and it's got a lot of little local buses, so, um, and let me tell you, since, uh, you know, if you don't want to carry a whole lot of luggage or things like that to go to Port Townsend, it's only 10 miles each way if you're, um, or t excuse me, $10 each way, God, where's my coffee, uh, $10 each way if you're over 19 or uh, under 65. Uh, people like me can travel at $5 both ways, and it goes on up to Port Angeles, and it's really nice and does it about two hours, but you can, you know, take some buses up there if you like. We have a wonderful bus system here. If you get to Clallam County, $3, uh, you get a pass, and it'll run you all over Clallam County all day long. You can jump as many buses as you want, just go just about every place you want to go. You can make connections to Jefferson County and everything else. Anyway, to get out to Forks, you can just keep driving uh, once you get off the ferry, and you got like maybe a three and a half hour trip. There's Port, you know, Port Angeles. You can stop off and and eat at. Um, let me recognize, uh, recommend the Fairmont Diner. I can't really eat there because I don't eat those kinds of old lager foods anymore. But if you like your biscuits and gravy and pancakes and eggs and ham and things like that, and an bottomless coffee cup. Yeah, the Fairmount Diner's been around a long time. You want to hit that place. You know, drop into Lake Crescent on the way. That's gorgeous. Do not take 112. They're working on that. They have a huge grant to finally correct that mess because uh, it's just collapsing. Just, just head out on 101 around the lake. Set your speedometer at 40. I know they got it at 35, but it's too damn slow. And uh, stop in at the lodge. And um, about an hour and a half past the lake. Actually, yeah. Yeah, actually about an hour past the lake, you're going to hit Forks. Now, there's not a lot of Forksy stuff. There's a sign, Welcome to Forks, Home of Twilight. And as you get up toward town, toward the gas stations, and for God's sakes, cut your speed to 30. They will stop you if you don't. 
they're real hard about stopping it, of stopping you and and uh, making people stick to the speed limit because we have some horrible deaths up here. Um, anyway, as you go in, you'll see somebody who I don't know what their problem is, but they're uh, at their motel for years. It says Edward Cullen, whoever the hell that is, didn't sleep here. That's that's one mark of it. As you go in toward the town, toward the stoplight, you'll see a place that's got gorgeous uh, indigenous artwork on the front. Um, and these folks are called Native to Twilight. There's a little corner for Twilight, but most of it's native art. All kinds of native art. It's a commercially produced, hand-done, beautiful stuff. And it's from the local Quileut and Macaw and Quilcene. You know, all the local folks do it there. And the stuff is worth looking at and having. And, oh, my God, they've got um, indigenous designs on rubber boots, which you probably will lust after and you will want, and wonderful hoodies and things like that. The uniform up here is a hoodie and blue jeans or slacks and a pair of running shoes or sandals. I mean, that's just how it is. Uh, so anyway, if you're looking for the Twilight Store, well, that burned down. And what's there now is the Art Center, which has a Twilight exhibit, which sometimes is open for events. And if you go around the corner, kind of on the other street, down toward the school, they do have a little Twilight shop. There's not a lot there. Um, Twilight doesn't really reflect uh, what life is like in Forks very well. If you want to see a mo movie, uh, I grew up in a logging town. I grew up in a paper town. If you want to see a, a, a movie that more reflects a small logging town, then you want to watch Daniel Radcliffe in Horns. I mean, it's kind of like the attitudes and everything better. And uh, if you get cha a chance, if you want to see the Quileute, who are the uh, indigenous tribe, you know, you, you could even hop a bus to go down and see them. Um, oh, and by the way, it's I do believe it's Quileute that's run, running something called Nady, or excuse me, Where's the Fry Bread? Yes, WTF. Um, because that's the first thing anybody asks for at a, uh, at a day, like Quileute days or Macaw days. And they are always serving wonderful fry bread. And, uh, I try not to eat meat, but they're, they're res burgers. I swear to God, it's somebody's secret recipe. Somebody's auntie. Their fry bread's wonderful. Uh, don't buy, don't buy the fish, um, because it is deep fried and that's not the right way to prepare salmon or halibut. It just isn't. I wish they'd bake it. Or stick bake it, or you know, do stick fish, which is you know, fish, you know, opened up over a fire, something like that. Because um, the, these these fish are not made to deep fry. You know, deep frying originally comes from India. It went to the Jordan River where they have the fish to do it. It hit Great Britain where they've got skates and sharks and cod and things like that that deep fry beautifully. But you know, salmon and salmon and halibut do not deep deep fry well. It's a bad thing to do them. They're just the wrong fish for that. But um, fry bread and jam is wonderful. The Res Burgers are wonderful. We haven't tried the Indian tacos yet. Um, the artwork the uh, owner has painted beautiful, cool artwork all over the walls. It's beautiful. And it's a good price. And they don't have a restroom. You know, it's a funky little town. But across the street, practically, you know, you got you got restrooms. And they probably have a restroom around at the motel that they're part of. They've got lots of parking. So, uh you know, if you want to go to Forks, there's loads of places to stay. I mean, Twilight's not a big deal, really. I mean, it's got that fan club. Mostly it's people who come out to go camping and and hunting and fishing and more and more and more. It's, you know, green things to do because hunting and fishing, of course, is going to go away because we can't keep pressuring the natives. Natives, of course, are animals. Indigenous are people. And people are not native. People are not native to this planet. Um, we are aliens. <laughs> we are foreigners. 
And so it's more and more uh, other things going on. They have Quillia days, they have Maca days, and if you can't make it to those, you know, head on over to Where's the Fry Bread. So that's kind of like how to get here. It's a lot of work to get here, but you don't have to do it horribly expensively. You can rent an RV. You can come on the buses. The buses are marvelous. And uh, you just go to the website for Clallam County and for, you know, Metro, uh, Clallam County Metro and figure out the buses and things and the... Um, the ferries, we have the Orca card, which uh, is a card you can load money on, and it covers uh, it covers the Seattle area, that whole region. It covers the Kitsap Peninsula. Uh, it uh, does not cover the buses up on the, the Outer Peninsula because up on the Olympic Peninsula, because that's just cash. Um, you just, you know, a few bucks and you're on your way. And if you're a senior, it's 50 cents all over the place. Uh, so I just wanted to do that so that if anybody does want to come out, uh, especially our friends from um, This Is Why We Drink, that the travel will not be horribly frustrating, that it will be fun. And uh, if you want to know who I am, uh, Donna Barr, www.donnabar.com. And uh, all the things I did, you know, went on before we were really able to record anything on phones, so all the theater and everything else I did. You'll see the stuff I've got. I do comic books. And... Uh, <sighs> Anyway, I hope you can come out, um, Chris and M, and I hope you have a great trip and bring kids and dogs and everything, and uh, I think you'll enjoy yourself. Just uh, make sure you prepare ahead of time, because it's a long way, and you can get in trouble if you don't know what you're doing, and it can be expensive, but it doesn't have to be. So come on out, do your twilighting or whatever you want to do, and enjoy the place. Thanks! And thanks for your podcast, which I really enjoy and keeps me going every single day. Oh, I'm laying on the bed a lot lately because my back and my legs hurt so much between joint uh, crumbling, I guess, and uh, arthritis all over the place. I'm just hurting more and more and more. Uh, my art works at San Diego State University, and I get to the point where it's getting harder and harder just to go to shows and things. So, I mean, I did an awful lot in the 80s and 90s, and early part of this century, but uh, if you missed me, it may be too late. So, uh, I got cats here that are happy that I am lying on the bed with them, and uh, I'm able to get down to the beach. As hard as it might be to live up here sometimes, I have got a beach I can walk to, and right now it's August, and it's beautiful, and it's perfect weather. And August is one of the best weathers up here. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. And except for the Cascadia event, this is probably the safest place to be on the planet right now. And uh, I'm sitting here rubbing, rubbing some cat toes. And these cats have been pretty well socialized. They know all about the beach and they don't want nothing to do with it. So uh, what you're probably going to get this week is a lot of photographs of... The new critters, uh, Bob and Bear, the siblings that we have adopted, and uh, who spend a lot of time on the bed, except in the morning when she bites him in the head and they go play football all over the house at four or six in the morning. Would you like to be part of this podcast? 
you can go to anchor.fm slash Donna-Bar and you can leave me a voice message with your story that can become part of this podcast. If you would rather have me read it, send a PDF or PDFA, double-spaced, larger type to DonnaBar01 at gmail.com. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash DonnaBar. And finally, if you would like to know anything about what I've done in my life that has to do with my work, conventions, etc., go to DonnaBar.com. Hope to see you there. I will also put all this information in the program notes. A spooky 